money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. Getting rich in a housing market crash. That sounds dramatic, isn't it? Sounds a little dramatic. That's a little dramatic to say it's a crash. What are we really feeling here in Texas? Are we really feeling a crash or are we really feeling a slowdown? It's a 30%. It's a 20 to 30% slowdown, depending on what market that you're in. We're feeling a correction right now, but it's not the same kind of correction, for example, that we had in 2008, 9, 10, and 11. So I'll explain that as we go through. So uh, the truth is uh, that we're not in a crash, but I think a lot of people uh, feel that way. But it's so funny when they when they say that, and then the year-over-year prices are what? The year-over-year prices has been up all year long. So is that is that a crash? No, yeah, usually that would not be considered a crash. So I uh, want to give you a couple of, uh, of uh, pros and cons of buying real estate right now. Uh, so some of the pros. Uh, so it, it, and this used to be the exact opposite. Everything that's on the pro side were the exact opposite of what was happening, for example, as recently as May and June of 2022, right? So um, now are the sellers willing to pay closing costs for the first time that, you know, ever? And the answer is yes. Uh, before it's like you couldn't even ask him to pay for the title insurance policy because you wanted to make sure that your offer stood out. Um, and the sellers are, are paying a rate buy down, which they had not ever previously paid for probably, um, you know, well over 10 years, right? Uh, are the sellers paying for repairs again? Yes, they absolutely are. Can you, do you have an opportunity to negotiate the price now versus what you had in, for example, May of 2022? And the answer was, and the answer is absolutely. Do you have time to get in? Can you even ask for an inspection? So through May of 2022, you couldn't even ask for an inspection uh, because you wanted to be competitive. And a lot of buyers uh, got surprised later on because, because of that. And they may have lost earnest money if they walked away uh, or they found out that there were, you know, in addition to paying above full price, that they also got to pay something very expensive on the house that they weren't anticipating, which also can get realtors in a little bit of trouble as well. Uh, no need to waive those inspections, a bit, a bit, ability to negotiate post-inspection. So before it was, if you came back, for example, in May of 2022 and told the seller, hey, here's the 58-page report as it says what's wrong with this property, uh, what would the seller say to you when you asked them to fix it or you asked to negotiate the price down? They'd say, um, love to, man, but I've got five offers that are actually higher than yours. So listen, if you feel like you need to walk away from this deal because it doesn't work for you anymore, I'd be happy to take that termination. I'll even give you back your earnest money because I got two people right behind you that are going to actually pay me another $15,000 above you. And then what did the, what did the buyer say? Okay. Yeah, never mind right? Is that what happened? So, so now you have the ability to negotiate, right? Uh, so the shoe has flipped in terms of who has power and who has control. Uh, no more multi-offer situations, right? So no more blind offers, like you don't even know what the other person is offering because the realtor can't tell you. Uh, no more paying above market or above appraisal value, right? So that's another benefit of what's, uh, of where uh, some of the pros of buying a market. Now, the cons. So the cons are big as well. Uh, 
so uh, the higher interest rate, which really translates into a higher monthly payment. So on a typical house, that might be somewhere between $600 to $800 more per month, right? So, but if you're saving maybe $30,000 on that initial uh, purchase price and you can put 30,000 less dollars down, that gives you about 36 to 40 months of being able to do what? make it make those extra payments do you guys see where there's that trade-off right and a lot of buyers aren't looking at it that way they're just looking at that monthly payment and i think somebody just dropped their cell phone down there I just want to make sure you're, uh, you retrieve it before you leave yeah um so so the truth is if you're saving 30k for example on the purchase price you might be paying that 30k but you're not paying it up front you're paying it over time it could be like a 40 month period until someone you have the opportunity to refinance as an example so uh let's talk about uh the truth that is really going on in this market uh the truth is that the housing market is not crashing but it is correcting the truth is that we do have somewhere between a 20 to 30 percent reduction in in year over year sales uh, but the truth is we also have an increase in our average and median price year over year as well. How can you have, is anybody confused? How can you have an increase in price and a 30% reduction in sales? It's supply. It's basic economics, right? We learned this in some grade in school, right? It's the basic law of supply and demand. When supply is low and demand is still relatively high, what happens to prices? They just go up. So even though we have seen um, um, supply go up lately, so we've seen supply uh, double in many markets, we still don't have enough supply to feed all of the buyer demand that we have. Uh, so the truth is it's not crashing, but it is correcting. Uh, the truth is that if you believe, if you, if you are one of those folks who says interest rates, I'm going to wait for interest rates to go back down. Well, you should buy now and then just refinance when interest rates go back down, right? So the, the concept here is marry the house, date the rate. Marry the house, date the rate, because you can always refinance. As we saw, many people refinance over the past uh, five, to, for over forever, right? Uh, the trust. The truth is that supply is a greater indicator of a reduction in price than interest rates are, right? So in the 80s, we saw interest rates go up to 18 plus percent. Were people still buying houses? Yes. Were people still buying stuff? Yes. The Fed was really busy trying to slow them down from that, in fact. Uh, so uh, as soon as we uh, get into a position of oversupply, then we will be in a position where we might see the flattening of the year-over-year -year prices or even a little bit going down of the year-over-year -year prices, right? So it's kind of that gradual uh, look there. Now, who in here is worried that we're going to oversupply the market? Who in here was worried, we're going to bless you, that we're going to oversupply the market? Someone said, we're in a housing crisis, that's not happening. Someone said, no time soon. No time soon because we're still short, right? Yeah. So the truth is that builders have already done what? Builders started correcting their inventory situation. Supply's not gonna get overshot. In 2007, eight, nine, 10, what was going on with supply? Builders way overbuilt. Did builders learn a little lesson back then? The answer is big time. So are they adjusting as quickly as they can now? And the answer is yes. And the truth is, I'm curious, raise your hand if you refinanced in the last three years. Who are you in the room? Who are you in the room? Let me introduce you to something. You probably, and this is gonna hurt, this is gonna hurt. You probably are not going to ever sell that house. Why is that? 
You'll never sell that house. Why is that? Because that rate, that's like, some people, some of you have golden handcuffs, like W-2 jobs, right? Some of you have golden handcuffs, which are these incredibly low interest rates that you will never want to let go of. So instead, so instead, what will you do? You're going to say this. There's another house that I'd like to buy, but the payment's going to be another 1500 over what we're paying right now. And, you know, this house that we're in right now, it's not so bad, but maybe instead of spending that money on buying that new house and paying that extra interest, higher interest rate and higher monthly payment, let's just blow out the kitchen. Let's just do that addition that we've been talking about because you can cheaply buy or um, get uh, low cost interest on from a, even a credit card, right? That's a 0% interest rate credit card for six months while you are doing that addition and paying that off. So I think many people who have these incredibly low interest rates right now will not be selling those houses. Uh, their transitional move might be, gosh, maybe I'll just keep it as a rental property because why? Because it's going to cash flow like crazy, right? But it's going to be hard to let go of that rate. So sellers are wearing those golden handcuffs. And as a result, um, they're not going to be putting out their homes on the market. As a result, uh, we're not going to see a situation where we have an oversupply, which is one of the key indicators of having an issue. The truth is uh, that we are still below the 50-year average interest rate of 7.76%. It doesn't feel like that because we, we were drinking um, uh, some pretty good, I don't know, whatever you, that you enjoy drinking that's pretty good over the last couple of years. Uh, so it still doesn't taste as good, right, as whatever we've been drinking over the last few years. Uh, but the truth is people were still buying when interest rates were 10%, when interest rates were 15%, and when interest rates were 18%. And the truth is that about 30% of the buyers are what kind of buyers? They're cash buyers. So they're insensitive to fluctuations in the interest rates, right? They're insensitive to fluctuations in the interest rates. So know that they are still out there. The truth is that people are still employed at a very high rate. Right now, unemployment in the U.S. is 3.7%. Unemployment in Texas is around 4%. Back in 2008, 9, 10, what was unemployment? I don't remember the number. I should have looked it up before, but I want to say it was like in the sevens. Yeah, it was in the sevens, right? It went up to 9.7. So when people are still employed, what are they going to do? They don't buy stuff, which is what people have been doing. So we're not in a situation where people have to sell their houses. So back in 2008, 9, and 10, because that unemployment rate, is, someone mentioned it here, was around 9.7, people were losing their jobs that made them have to sell their houses, right? Uh, we're not seeing that right now. So that is one of the big things that shifts markets that we're not, uh, that we're not part of, uh, that people are not losing their jobs. So there's not the have to. There's also not the have to that was created by those balloon, uh, second, uh, second mortgages, right? Does anybody remember those, right? So when those balloon, when those second mortgages were ballooning and then you were trying to refinance, but the house didn't have as much equity and banks didn't want to do their job, which is their, the job of lending, right? Then we got ourselves into a little bit of trouble. Uh, but we don't see that happening right now. Uh, the truth is that homeowners in this market actually had to, anyone who bought a house in the last five years, uh, actually uh, since 2010, right, a lot of the Dodd-Frank legislation came out, uh, what did they actually have to do? 
actually the Dodd-Frank legislation got started in 2007. I think it went into effect 2013, 2014. But what have they actually had to do over the last 10 years when they've been buying houses? Make a down payment. What did they not have to do in 2004, 5, 6, 7 in some cases? They didn't make a down payment. They had no skin in the game. Uh, the truth is that inflation for real estate investors, especially the buy and hold investors, is a good thing. Why is it good? It's because inflation goes by a different name, which is appreciation. Inflation goes by a different name, which is appreciation. And the truth is that a lot of these large companies, right, the Redfins, the Open Doors, uh, the Zillows of the world, they pulled out of the market so that there is less competition out there and there's less people paying above market uh, prices. I read an article and I don't remember the exact amount, but it was, it was something wild, like the amount that some of these large corporations were losing on, on a per property basis was in the 50 to $100,000 range. I don't know if anybody's read some of those articles, but it, it's, it's, in, it's, in, it was insane because they were overpaying, right? So they, and we didn't want to compete with them because they were idiotic in some cases. In fact, some of them have even been slapped with, um, uh, lawsuits because of some of their negotiation tactics, which were, which were what? Renegotiating at the last minute or surprising people with a bunch of fees that they never even talked about. So, uh, those are all good things for us, but let's talk about, uh, how you guys can get rich in this housing market. So let's talk about some of those best strategies, uh, when the housing market is slowing down and, uh, and starting to correct. Uh, so these are the deals that you get in and out of very quickly. So these are uh, the, the ones that are easy. These are the ones that you may not even hold title to in many cases. Uh, these are the deals that you can buy with financing uh, from the seller, right? So if the seller owns it cash, they can finance it to you at whatever interest rate that they want. Even if the seller has a loan on it, can they still finance it to you? Yes, it's called a subject to, and you can do a wraparound mortgage to be able to take advantage of the rate that they, of the existing rate that they have on their property. Uh, you can also uh, uh, get rich in this housing market by getting deals that you can hold on to long enough for the market to do what? Its thing, which is what? Rebound and go up. If you look at historically the market, is it a straight you know, line going like this? No, it is a line of several different corrections over time. Now, a typical real estate market is three to five years up, one to three years down. So when it's going up, it feels like you're taking the stairs, right? When it goes down, it feels like you're taking the elevator, okay? When it goes up, it feels like it's taking the stairs. Three to five years up, when it goes down, it feels like you can't get out fast enough. It feels like it's it's going much faster. So it goes down at that, at that rate. So uh, you can still make money, right? Even if you bought at the top of the market, even if you bought in May of 2022, you can still make money. How? You just hold on to it long enough for it to correct. I bought a lot of houses in 2003, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 that I still have today. And what have I done? I've just waited for this to happen, right? And I waited for those property values to grow. Inflation goes by another name for us buy and hold investors, and that is appreciation. So if you're holding long enough, and one of our, um, one of our coaches you know, told us this a long time ago, the people that get rich, the people that get wealthy are the ones that can afford to hang on to properties in between market cycles, right? So if you're buying at the top and you're selling at the bottom, yes, you're going to lose money. 
But if you're buying at the top of this market cycle and then you're waiting and selling at the top of the next market cycle, guess what? You get to make money again. You just have to have the financial wherewithal and the investor psychology to be able to make it there. So for the properties that you can get in and out of fast, so what kinds of deals, what kind of strategies are we using as real estate investors in those cases? Those are the wholesales, those are the quick flips, the cosmetic remodels, okay? These are not the $80,000, $100,000, $120,000 remodels. Now, I will tell you guys, um, how many of you guys have heard of the concept, the sandwich generation? The sandwich generation. How many of you guys are Gen Xers in the room, right? Some Gen Xers and maybe even some baby boomers in the room, right? So what does that mean when we're the sandwich generation? That means we might be taking care of children, and taking care of parents, okay? So we're getting squeezed on both sides, okay? Anybody here in this in this generation, right? Or, or kind of working through this, okay? A couple of you guys are. So uh, real estate investors right now are also part of a sandwich generation. It is a little different. Let me tell you how we are getting squeezed now. Seller psychology is, well, I want the price from six months ago. So we're getting squeezed to pay more, right, by our seller. And then we're getting squeezed on the buyer side as well because the buyer wants what the price is gonna be in six months and is the buyer thinking that your price is gonna be good in six months? No, right? And then we're squeezed even in the middle, this is the double squeeze. What are we squeezed by in the middle? Increase in labor cost, increase in material cost. Can you guys see how we're the sandwich generation for real estate investors right now? So we have to be, um, we have to know our numbers now more than ever. We have to adhere to our offer box, right? Our offer strategy, our offer philosophy now, than ever, now more than ever, uh, because those longer renovations, right? Are, are prices for labor going to be going up? Yes, are prices for material going to be going up? The answer is yes, and our buyers thinking like, you know, they're, they're, they're drooling thinking prices are gonna go down when they're not, but that's what they're thinking, right? So, but that's how we're being squeezed right now as real estate investors. Uh, short sales, so, you know, a lot of people think, well, everyone has equity now. Not everyone, you would be surprised because uh, what happened during COVID for, for, some, for some homeowners? What did they go on? These COVID relief programs. I, and forbearance programs. I talked to a seller last week who was $150,000 behind on their mortgage payment. So what are their options? What have they done with all of their equity? Their house has gone up $150,000 in the last three years. Well, what have they done with all of their equity? They ate it. How did they eat it? By not making a single payment for the last two and a half years. It's pretty simple. So believe it or not, there still are those short sale opportunities out there. Uh, equity partnering, so I love this strategy. It makes sure that the seller wins as well as uh, we win. Uh, we'll talk about that strategy more as uh, we finish uh, the later presentations. Buying subject to, so this is one of my favorite strategies, especially if, especially if we can buy subject to an existing mortgage that might be a 3%, 4% interest rate, right? Um, uh, buying rental property. So again, this is the philosophy of just hold on to it until you get to that next part of the market cycle. And homestead investing. Why do I love homestead investing for real estate investors? Number one, it just makes sense. Like, you know, we might as well be living in an incredible house, right? While we're investing in real estate. Uh, but number two, um, when you're a real estate investor, uh, what do you, what do you write off? That would be everything. I think I heard someone say everything. Don't tell the IRS, but everything. Everything? 
Don't tell the IRS, but everything. Yes, that's what we do. So when we look at how well we're doing, we say, I'm rich. But when we take our tax returns to a lender and say, I wanna get a loan on a homestead, they're like, did you ride here today on a bus? Cause you look broke to me. Isn't that what they're thinking? That's exactly what they're thinking. So we think we're smart writing everything off, but then when we try and go get a loan, it's like, oh, sorry, you don't qualify my friend. And then what else do they want for real estate investors when you're getting a house or for anyone when you're getting a house? They wanna see uh, two years tax returns of you doing the exact same thing that you're doing today. Two years tax returns might mean that you're working in a business for three years, depending on when you're, when you're tax filing, right? You guys follow that? So is it much easier for us to buy a property subject to the existing financing, not having to get a traditional loan and then going back to refinance it after your finances get in order after you've been investing for long enough? And the answer is uh, yes. Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors, or join us directly at texasstarterkit.com.